Welcome to Tradia Avantgarde Podcast. This is show number 64, and it's great to have you join us. My name's John Warren, and my very good mate, Ashley Rouse here. Welcome, Ashley. JW, good to be here, mate. We're flying through this month. We are, but I can't believe it. It's 22nd already, and we're well, flying through the year. Um, and considering all the turmoil we've had, uh, it's still going ever so quickly. And, and uh, hopefully summer's only just around the corner, mate. Yeah, we've had some, some nice weather in Sydney, which has been good for lockdown. Some really good news starting to come out of, particularly New South Wales, with vaccination rates going up quite steadily. So there's some pretty good news not too far away. I think we're about three weeks away now from from going back to what uh, the new world's going to look like for us in regards to post-COVID. Or yeah, absolutely. COVID. Yeah, everyone's looking forward to it, uh, to see what that looks like and how that, that plays out. And uh, hopefully um, some normality in all of our lives. Yeah, correct. Hey, Ash, we might get straight into today's show, if that's okay. Sure. And today yep. we're joined by Genevieve Brzezzi. Genevieve is the Chief Operating Officer of the Vaccaro Group. Welcome, Genevieve. Thanks, John. Thanks, Ashley, for having me. Look, thank you for sharing your time. I know uh, we had Cameron join us a few shows back and and we talked about a lot of the stuff that Vaccaro Group was up to. And I'm not sure if you've had a chance to listen to that, but he said some really nice things about you, Genevieve. So I'm not sure if he was coached or... <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, yeah, we work as a team. We work pretty closely together. So we're quite lucky in that way. Um, not everyone can work with their partner or has the privilege to... No, and we had a great chat with him, and, and it, yeah. it really is a, a great team and a, a great business that you have running at the Vaccaro Group. So maybe to get things started, you've actually grown up in uh, a family traded business. Can you maybe talk about your or how your career started and um, and a bit more about the Genevieve story? Yeah, okay, yeah, not a problem. So I guess the business has been part of our family life, the Vaccaro family life, since I remember. Um, and I guess as a child, many, mem- mem- many memories of spending my school holidays or after school at the office or um, at the warehouse, sitting in the back room. Um, and over time, you'd hear family discussions, we'd become involved in family discussions about work. Um, I would answer the phones through my school holidays in high school, um, work through plans. But I guess when I completed school, I took a completely different turn. It did, I didn't go straight into the family business. I trained as an employ- I trained as a lawyer specialising in employment law and I worked for many years as a principal policy policy advisor for a large industry association. So I had, I guess, what the family business or growing up in a family business sort of fostered a really strong interest in um, sort of policy development and how the law can impact um, businesses of all sizes, so it's I guess that ecosystem of different functions and different outside aspects impacting. I did some really as a policy advisor. I worked on test cases, um, was involved in parliamentary inquiries both at state and federal level um, with respect to um, employment law matters and, and workers' comp. So that really gave me a nice foundation, I guess, when I came into mm. the business in 2017. So, Jennifer, growing up through the family business, and it sounds like you had a, a really good upbringing in the family business and a good understanding, and even from your days of answering the phone, which, uh, which I think is a classic. Um, and then obviously into law school, like you said, you know, that rounded 
opportunity, I suppose, or that, that time you spent with the family business. You know, it sounds like you had a good time and, and you, you enjoyed that part of it. Yeah, I guess I didn't know any any better either. So the business was the family and the family was the business, I guess. Um, I remember my parents working exceptionally hard and experiencing those ups and downs. There'd be evenings where my sister and I would be in bed before my father would even get home and mum working on the tool, um, working on paperwork. Um, to all hours of the morning and then you sort of see the business grow and the people within the business become family as well so their staff members particularly long-term ones um, sort of grow up knowing them too so it's a really extended I guess extended network Um, our business started out of our family garage so I even remember um, I remember the loading up of the vans in the morning so it's, yeah, it was really um, a strong foundation, I guess, for me, um, sort of even moving into the law um, when I first started out in my career. It's, um, do you think, if you look back now, you joined in 2017, if you look back today, were you always destined to come back into the family business at some stage? I guess I couldn't, I couldn't answer that with a, with a, a yes or no on that. Um, I was fortunate well we were fortunate that my husband Cameron was working in the business at that time Um, he his progression did things a little bit differently to what the normal progression is he um, went to university worked as a project manager and and then came into his into the business as an apprentice Um, so he had been in the business for about um, about seven years before I came in and it was I guess his motivation he sort of was able to give me some insight into the business and where I could help I didn't have much of a connection with the business at that time I was working really long hours and traveling quite a lot and that's I guess what prompted me to sit down with my parents and see and ask them where can I help where, where can I help the business was at a was really large at that time we we're talking about the peak of the construction industry and um, I thought the experiences I had could lend um, sort of assist the business in its next stage it was really hitting that maturity stage Um, they had close to 100 headcount at that time so it was a really busy time Genevieve we heard Cameron's story and and you just mentioned the the way that he ended up joining the business and was a little bit different to the traditional trading and now of course you're growing up in the family business and and having that uh, that career in law and obviously everything that you've learned in that so that being said taking over the family business essentially from your mum and dad and really transitioning it Mm -hmm. uh, from something that you've been part of all your life in one way or another to now leading the business uh, yourself and Cameron sort of steering it for its next chapter if you like how would you describe the Vigaro group of today? I guess we've um, been able to bring the benefits of our prior experiences in other businesses and also um, from our studies into the business. So, which, is, which has been really helpful in that part. We were able to sort of see and experience what others do and apply it to um, our situation now. Um, and that's, I think, really important. The Vicara Group of today, I guess, has been a lot of hard work in building 
a really good culture and a really good team. And that, and that, I guess, was a big feature, big factor for me in 2017 when I came in. Um, I noticed that we were very paper-based. Communication wasn't great, and that probably was because of how busy we were. People just didn't have time to communicate. And there weren't, um, we didn't have great um, standard operating procedures. So I found when someone was on leave, the job would be in limbo or the tasks would stay in limbo until they return so it was a really big focus on me was trying to digitize the business to the best we could because there still is paper um, involved in going to site you know we've got a3 plans and whatnot so digitizing the business the aspects of the business that we could and improving communication amongst teams and that would and that translates into efficiency gains so what i discovered really early on was that um the customer, our customer is the builder primarily, but their customer, so the builder's client, is really integral in, I guess, in us being able to deliver a quality job and for our client, the builder, to be satisfied in the work we do. So with all of that, communication needs to be really good amongst our team members and we need to have really good operating, like really good standard operating procedures. So we started off then on a process of good skill development, implementing our business operating system, enabling transparency across all divisions. So now with our business operating system, we in real time can see every aspect of a project. The date the electrical works were started and completed, the date the air conditioning works were started and completed, who did those works, whether the plans were um, had undergone a final check and were the final plans to go off, whether that job's been invoiced, the products used on the job. We've got um, access to all that material and we decided early on that it was really important that all the staff members, regardless of level, aside for some elements of accounts, have access to that project level of that project level information. So anybody that rings through, regardless of whether they're sitting in our aircon team, our pre-construction team or our electrical team, can answer really standard or easy questions for the client. And that builds confidence in the client. And so once you've got a confident client, you know, things are easier, we're easier to upsell, they're easier to service, they're a lot more satisfied. They give good feedback back to the builder who gives us ongoing work. So it's, it's that wheel. So that's, um, that's where we're at now. And it took a really long time to go from a complete paper-based system with knowledge sitting with individuals to um, a business operating system, mainly online. We operate with an online diary now, which is incredible. Um, and transparency across all divisions. So I think that's... Um, that's been a real achievement. I'm really proud of that. And it's helped us achieve our ISO accreditation um, more recently. So that's that's awesome. Now that's a that's a massive credit to you guys, Genevieve, in, in bringing yourself to, you know, like you said, a, a paperless system to as far as you can and, and obviously the online diary, but it's years and years in the making. So well done to you guys. And, and obviously massive to become ISO accredited uh, in recent times. Can we talk about that formalization and what does that what does ISO accreditation mean to to the business and is it a difficult process for you to uh, to obtain that well we're ISO accredited now as of early September in quality health and safety and environment and that was really important to drive the message to industry and to um, 
broader potential customers out there that we aim for high standards, um, aim for high standards in, in each of those facets in quality, safety and environment. And that is, I guess, our edge and our differentiator between um, other businesses that might operate in our space that might not be able or might not have the same level of um, process as what we do. So we take a lot of pride in our work. If we're good at the quality, then we've got less returns, we're more efficient. If we're good at the safety, our, our, our people are happy and our builders can be confident that we care about the safety of our staff and the safety of their site. And environment's really important now as we move into as we move into a more greener space and homes are becoming, um, there's a real emphasis on homes becoming um, more green and energy efficient. So that's really important to paint the picture for the customer that when you come to Vaccaro Group, you're going to get a good job and you're going to get people that care about it. So that, um, that was a key motivator for us. But the process of getting our accreditation couldn't have happened without the implementation of our business operating system. We just couldn't do it. So we started the implementation of the business operating system back in, say, late 2018. But it wasn't until late in 2020 when we decided that we were ready to start the accreditation process. There, then, so with the help of Stephen Pauley from Human Resources Focus, who also provides us um, work health safety consultation services and HR services, um, they also work with businesses to go through the ISO process. So in late 2020, um, we leaned on Stephen to help us finalise and refine those processes that just needed that last bit of finesse put on them. Um, and once we completed that, the audit process was very simple. So we, we went through a two-step process. So the first process is um, where the accreditation provider comes in and looks at all your documentation. And then the second part of it is they come in and they look at how you implement that. So in our case, it was done remotely but accreditation body, the representative from the accreditation body, um, did a zoom into on site and spent some time with our operations manager on a real job site to see how that um, beginning to end process worked, how the um, paper process procedures translated to on site. We were really happy with the outcome because our final report didn't include any areas for improvement didn't include any non-conformances which needed correcting. It pretty much said that we had passed with flying colours. So that's a real testament to not only the implementation of our business operating system, but also our people and the culture we've been able to develop over um, the past three or so years. Um, because without our people being on board, we couldn't have implemented the, the business operating system and um, we couldn't have gone on to the step to get ISO accredited. So uh, it was a great outcome in the end. And um, now what we need to do is focus on continuing um, following those processes and procedures because on each year, each year we um, will get an audit each year to make sure that we're still meeting the ISO requirements. So it's, it's a constant um, quality improvement, I guess. Genevieve, congratulations on getting that accreditation and obviously from what you've mentioned that is important and sends a really good message to your customers that you are professional, you do have processes and you value those things in the business which obviously 
uh, would bring value to their businesses. Now, it sounds like you've been very, very busy really transforming the business over the last couple of years. And for most people, that probably would be enough to do. But congratulations also. I see that you've recently completed Executive Master of Business Administration. Well done. Thank you. Yeah, I did my MBA. I don't know what, if I'm a glutton for punishment <laughs> going back to university, but it was something I've always wanted to do. I was to go back and do a postgraduate degree. So I completed my undergraduate. I did a double degree in business and law about more than 10 years ago at Western Sydney Uni. And it was natural for me to go back. I had a really good experience the first time. So I went back to Western Sydney to do my EMBA. Um, I did a part-time. It took me three years because in the middle of it to add extra to the mix, uh, Cameron and I had our third baby. So that was another layer to the very busy time we had in the office or at work. But it was really rewarding. Going back as a postgraduate, I was really lucky that at that time I was able to do my subjects, most of them face-to-face. I think there's really... There's a real benefit in in face-to-face learning, particularly at the postgraduate level because the classes are smaller, um, you're in rooms with really like-minded individuals and um, I had the benefit of having some really, really good tutors that came from um, all all different um, elements of not only academia but, but also from business. So that came in to tutor or give talks to us and from that you know you were able I was able to transport ideas that, and perspectives and apply them to the Cairo group so yeah I was very fortunate for the experience I think you might be a glutton for punishment Genevieve but uh, but also congratulations I think it's a, an amazing achievement well done well done that uh... thank you hey um for Cairo group can you talk us through how you guys bring value to your, you know, to your large customers or to, to all your customers, and you put all these these procedures in place. But on on the ground running and and you know, customer is number one. Um, how do you bring all that value to them so they keep coming back to using Vicaro Group day after day? Well, I like well, we like to think of Vicaro Group as a front to end provider of electrical and aircon services. We like to sell to the builder that if, if they choose, we can pretty much look after the entire process from them for from beginning to end for them and for their customer. And that really starts with um, our pre-construction team. Our pre- they also do um, electrical layout design and they do our electrical um, and air conditioning consultations. So from the very beginning, as soon as we receive a project from a builder, the pre-construction team becomes their core contact for their client with respect to all their electrical and air conditioning work. So the customer's got someone they can call and lean on. We know that the build process is really, it's not an easy process for some people, particularly if they're building their first home or they're building their forever home. There's a lot of facets involved and it can be really stressful. So our focus is on making the electrical and air conditioning aspects as as least stressful as possible. So early on, we contact the builder's client, um, invite them in for an electrical consultation where we design their electrical layout, their lighting layout, and also what comfort solutions they might want in their home. In ordinary times, so pre-COVID times, we would have the customer come through our V-Elements design studio, which I'll talk about a little bit later on, where they're able to sort of have that experience and 
and see different product to build, I guess, the home that they really want and a home that suits them. And that process can sometimes take up in excess of in excess of three hours. So we really um, sit with the client, use um, the ClipSpec by Clipsal product to design the layout. That's a really important piece for the builder too, because it ena- enables us to um, upsell for the builder. So anything above standard inclusions that the builder's um, providing to the client within the contract, we are able to upsell. Um, and that includes not just electrical, it includes the lighting, the security, audiovisual, um, air conditioning. And recently we've moved into heat recovery, ventilation, um, and electrical electric vehicle charges to our offering. So we're really um, focusing on trying to make the home the everything space for the client. Once that's been signed off and they've gone through the pre-construction process, we then have a dedicated electrical connections team where we manage the electrical connection um, and deal with the energy distributor, the energy retailer, and the electrical and the electricity retailer to get that connection to get their their site connection connected. So we we deal with the electrical connection process and then our electrical and air conditioning on-site teams deal with the installation. So it's a full circle process. All all our plans also go through a pre-flight and check process before they go to site so we can manage the quality. We also do um, on-site quality inspections. Uh, We also use a web-based notice board for our on-site teams where our on-site teams are encouraged to post pictures and details about all the jobs they completed so we can have a running um, we've got a running log of what's going on this whole process enables us to keep our finger on the pulse as a really big emphasis on quality and now we're moving into um, focusing really heavily on training for our apprentices so we've built um, a training centre within our warehouse for our air conditioning apprentices where they can fault find, play on old units, test them, and they can refine their skills within that training centre. We are currently building a training centre for our electrical team, for our electrical and also our electrical apprentices, um, focusing primarily on the new WiserLink product that Clipsal's releasing. So we'll be installing that in homes as well in the near future. Um, and that, that little space in our warehouse will give our teams um, that opportunity to sort of get, get to know the product, get to understand the installation aspect of it, but also get to do the testing and the fault finding. So when we, are, um, when we do get to the client stage and we, and we begin installing the product, that we've got some really good knowledge on it. So I guess that's, that, 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 while sounds very convoluted in how I've put it together, is really our value proposition pretty much you come to us and you don't need to worry about you shouldn't have to worry about anything we've got it all covered or from from an electrical and ac perspective genevieve you can see why so many large and leading home builders do use vicaro group uh, and have you as part of their team uh, to really give their customers uh, the best experience and the best outcome and and that's an amazing list of uh, attributes and things that uh, vicaro group is doing to bring value we met you to Cameron when I come and uh, met with you and Cameron a few months back now, and the only thing probably uh, more amazing than the coffee that we drank that morning, which was outstanding, was your display centre or your display suite. It really is um, a fantastic centre for, for clients to come in and, and look around and go through those consultations. Can you tell us a little bit more about the display suite and also the V Elements design? Uh, 
that you run? Yes. So VLM, our VLMN's design studio is something we're really proud of. It is um, an offering there for both our builder clients to come in and experience the design studio, but also other other people who might be um, building a home and are interested in having an electrical layout design for them, lighting layout design, or even even with air conditioning and other comfort solutions to come in and have a look where we can help them sort of bring their home to life. So it incorporates a number of spaces, our design studio. The main area has um, two, um, two workstations, I guess, where um, clients will sit down with a design consultant and, do, and go through the design and upsell process. But it also um, incorporates an open kitchen and dining area, which doubles as a display area, what you could do in a kitchen, but also as a great event space and a really nice space to sit and catch up. And that's where we caught up, John, a few months ago. It's a really nice, welcoming, it's beautiful. Um, calming area. It is very. It was very calming. It was just a yeah, great, great experience. It, that's um, and our aim is for customers, our clients that come in, to be really comfortable and to know they're in good hands and to be confident in buying from us. Um, in conf- be confident that we'll be able to deliver them a really good, um, a really good job. But in addition to that, that studio area, we've got a showroom that displays all the electrical, lighting, security, um, air conditioning products that a person can choose from when designing the layout and comfort solutions for their home. And then the final room is an amazing home theatre, which I love. It's an incredible, an incredible space with very comfy chairs, um, a projector and great sound. And what it showcases in, it's a really aspirational room. So we don't expect all, our, all the people to come through to, to buy one of those rooms. It just, but it's an aspirational room to showcase the potential of a home. We are now finding, particularly with the um, the COVID situation around the world, a lot more people working from home. A home, the home is not only where you live; it's now becoming your home office for a lot of people, and it's also becoming the recreational space for a lot of people. You know, when we we can't go to the theatre or um, or or enjoy um, other recreational activities we would otherwise do, so. We, we saw that pretty early on last year when we came up with the concept for the elements design. So it's really a place to showcase the potential of your home where you can have, where you can um, design a really livable, comfortable space, a really functional workspace and a recreational space. It sounds amazing, Genevieve, and <clears throat> maybe one day I might be able to come along with John because he didn't invite me last time. So anyway, I hope I hope you enjoyed the coffee. <laughs> <laughs> now look, it's exciting. And I was lucky enough back many years ago to be at the forefront of Clipspec and, and it's good to hear that it's still out there and about and, and obviously being design centre. But so what we'd love to talk to you about now is your title as Chief Operating Officer and, and some of the most significant challenges you've had since you're coming back into the business and taking over that title. You know, Can you talk us through some of those challenges you've had? I guess the... The most important aspect of my role, and I guess the most in, most challenging aspect of my role, and I, I think people would agree with this too, that are that are running businesses, is the managing people. Without without people and without 
engaged staff and employees that are engaged it's really really hard to grow and to provide good quality and to um, really benefit from efficient processes so ensuring that our employees are have the tools to perform their role efficiently and this includes um, not just um, their laptops and their hard their hard equipment but it's really good communication skills like those emotional tools that are the same for our office staff as they are for our inside our on-site staff good communication um, empathy understanding each other knowing that we're all different we're working towards a very similar goal we come from different experiences so empathy is really important and very challenging at the moment is that we've got um, we can't congregate in the same way we used to so our on-site teams would congregate together in the mornings catch up um, now we are loading up um, van by van, so team by team. So we don't have that cohesion, that natural cohesion we would ordinarily have. Um, and there's less interaction amongst office staff as we've got, a, as, a, as a number of us are working from home and, and we're on a bit of a rotation basis. So also providing those um, tools such as you know, access to Zoom, ensuring that everyone's got the right technology, encouraging people to pick up the phone, to talk to each other. Um, very important Um, and without um, we couldn't have implemented our business operating system I I keep going back to that because that that real culture is very important for the business to have moved forward change management is equally as difficult so we we did go through a really hard change management process and and I think that that wouldn't be unusual either in businesses that have undergone change so yeah, it really, it really comes back to people and managing a positive culture and promoting transparency and communication amongst all staff. Genevieve, uh, Innovative Traders Club, through the, the key outcomes that we're hoping to achieve with tradies and tradie businesses is around modernise, digitise and simplify. And from what you've shared today, Vicaro Group could really be the role model for, for those three things. Everything you've sort of touched on today is about those outcomes isn't it modernizing digitizing and simplifying those processes to the point where you now have your iso accreditation that the business um whilst the name is the same uh, anyone coming into the business today probably wouldn't recognize it because of the whole operating system is so much different to the way it used to be done and in many ways you've you've driven that change i suppose through necessity to to be competitive and to be able to bring value to your customers that would be some of their more minimum expectations today whereas uh, some businesses are probably still trying to operate in the way that they've always operated absolutely the industry is changing um, and has been changing for a number of years it's not the same as it was um, many years ago a lot of the builders have digitized their processes and they've ex- they're expecting the same from their contractors so that is absolutely as you said that's the value add and it's really important that we match we match that um that expectation um, and that our and also that our our people understand that so yeah i i 100 agree with you on that point hey uh, look thank you very much you've shared so much today i mean culture and team and and i know from the conversation that uh, you cameron and i had a few months back that you really do value the team and have invested a lot into the team and developing the culture for the Vaccaro Group of Tomorrow, uh, that paper-based and transforming that, changing communication. Of course, that's probably 
one of the real keys to success in business, strong communication, particularly internally and and with your clients, is is such a game changer if it's done well and uh, and builds confidence. And you've done an amazing work there, and, and of course that operating uh, system that you've really built the whole business around. So that is excellent. Um, maybe to close out because time again has gone really quickly today. We've been talking with Narwick, um, Joe Farrell, and Build Like a Girl. Uh, about particularly women in construction or women in the building construction industry. So from your perspective, what encouragement would you give for more women looking to to have careers within the trade industry? I guess what's really important is the understanding that even if you haven't started off in in a tradie business or in a construction-based business, that your skills from your previous experience or your previous pro previous studies sorry are transferable the the principles are the same in respect to operations management people management finance counting they can all be transferred into a trading business so not to be deterred by not having done an apprenticeship or not having um, started out in construction I think that I think that there's a lot of value that women can add to businesses in the construction industry that have come from other walks of life also, there's quite a number of networking and, and networking groups out there is for women to lean on each other, open the doors for new entrance, entrance into the industry. I think that's really important. And we see a lot of that starting to happen, um, a lot more network groups starting to happen. So the industry is changing. You're seeing a lot more women around in the industry, which is quite refreshing. Um, and there's also the um, emphasis um, that a lot of the industry groups are placing um, on women and girls in STEM for opening doors for trade apprenticeships for girls leaving school. So I think all those facets are really important, but um, I guess that goes back to my, my first point is, is not to be deterred by, not to be deterred by the fact that you might have an experience or work experience elsewhere. Your, your skills are transferable into, um, into this industry. Yeah, and, and your story today, Genevieve, the the things you've brought into the business and really helped to transform and, and speed up those processes in many cases because of that external expertise that, that you had and, and obviously continuing to study to, to maintain and grow the business to, to its next stages. So Genevieve, thank you very much for sharing your time today. It's been excellent to get your insights and, and understand the transition that uh, Vicaro Group has, has been through. I'm sure there'll be a lot of trades out listening going, wow, we've got a, we've got a long way to, to be able to catch up, but it, uh, the work that you and Cameron are doing uh, on top of the amazing work that your mum and dad did in setting up uh, such a successful business is, is really exciting. So thank you very much for your time today, Genevieve. Ash, that's it. Thank Show you. number 64 is done. So with the ute, the van, the site shed, the office, or maybe you're sitting in a consultation in the Vaccaro Display Centre as we speak, we thank you for sharing your time today on Trade Avant Until next time, stay safe, stay well, and speak with you soon.